Hi there, I'm Guy Kilty, and this is the Creative Forces Podcast. Conversations with creative individuals. This episode's creative force is the illustrator, Stanley Chow. Stan's instantly recognisable digital portraits have been used by some of the biggest names in publishing, music and sport all over the world. From bands like the White Stripes to football behemoths like Manchester United to some of the most prestigious publications like the New York Times and New Yorker magazine. I met him in his Manchester studio and he told me how he started illustrating when he was very young, how he developed his signature style and how he got his big break through social media. Stan, I'd like to start just by asking you about, uh, I was looking through your Instagram Mm -hmm. and Twitter feeds last couple of days before we're doing this and I noticed one that you'd done about asthma. Oh yeah. yeah. With the the two inhalers, (laughs) so the blue inhaler which is the... The reliever, yeah. the brown inhaler, which is the preventer, and underneath yeah. says asthma, asthma sucks, sucks yeah. which as an asthmatic, yeah. that made me laugh <laughs> straight away. Is that something that you just did for yourself? Are you, do you is that something, do yeah, you have asthma? I did it for, yeah, I got asthma, yeah. I just, I just did it because every now and again when you're working on commissions, you just need to do something just to kind of, like, a bit of fun just to, just to take, take away, like, um, how boring sometimes um actual commission work is you see you mean there's sometimes you, you say yes to, to doing jobs and you're doing it and it's a bit it's a bit boring here and you just kind of have to do little bits just to kind of make yourself enjoy working again you mean and i just saw my little inhaler on the side and i just <laughs> thought i'll just illustrate my inhaler <coughs> which I'm, i mean it's just something different because because normally i never even think about illustrating something so kind of Benign, really. I mean, you know, that's what we had to do that and make, and 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 just put some silly words underneath that kind of worked. <laughs> you know, because essentially, yeah, the, yeah, that if anyone gets the pun, it's like, you, they are asthma sucks. You know, you know, as opposed to. Yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because it, it did. I noticed on Instagram. I think it had loads of people commenting on uh, loads of likes. Yeah. So I get the impression that with a lot of the stuff that you do, obviously you have you sort of corporate. Yeah, you know, commission work, but you do yeah. do a lot of stuff just for your own amusement. It seems. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, I think that's the only f- f- that's the only w- way that keeps me enjoying my work. Really, you may know. And um, but yeah, there's there's loads of little things I want to want to do, and there's loads of little things. I've got a whole list of things I want to actually illustrate, but and like and I always start doing them when I got a bit of time. But but with that little illustration, I knew it would only take me about ten minutes to do. So I was right, got ten minutes to kind of kill. Just draw something a bit silly. Well, I get the impression too that you you do. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you do seem like someone who works quite quickly. Yeah. I'll so does that help you to just to get these ideas out? You know, have an idea, you get it. It's because if you had to spend a month doing a painting, yeah, yeah. it doesn't quite yeah, work the yeah, same yeah, way, does no, it? I'll never get done. Well, no, that's what I mean. It's like I, I literally I bought canvases and paints and paintbrushes with the intention of actually leaving digital and. And, and actually painting but I just know how long it'll take so we've not not actually got there yet but once I get a big little breathing space then I might actually so is that it. your longer term plan is yeah, that to move term, out of yeah. digital altogether well no just just basically flitting in and out really I mean I, I mean I started my my career as a painting hmm. and um, and obviously with the sound of times you, you just move on you have to keep up with the times I guess you know and um, and that's why I left painting and went digital. Yeah. But yeah, I won't. I won't mind just doing more painting again. And what sort of stuff excites you about painting? What would you like to? What subject matter would you like to get involved in? Just pretty much the, 
the, the stuff I'm doing now, really. You mean, know, but I just like the textures of paint, really. You mean, know, there's 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 things in paint which you can never produce digitally. So whether it's just like a a blob of paint that just accidentally lands here and there, there's more accidents in in painting, and sometimes, and uh, yeah, the happy accidents are, is is what you buzz off, really. Do you feel like the, some of the digital stuff is a bit too predictable then sometimes? Um, yeah, I guess so. It's not just predictable that I can completely manipulate it. You know, hmm. uh, if I make it, if I made a mistake, I can, I, I can, I can change it instantly. With, with painting, if you made a mistake, you can actually let it stay there for a while and actually get used to it, uh, and and hopefully, you know, and it, that could be the happy accident that stays. But but you, but if I do make a mistake digitally, it's like. Whoosh, Get rid of it and you know do it again properly. You don't let it sort of sit there for a bit. No, no, no. Right, just just purely because of deadlines. Really, you can't. You haven't got time to kind of, you know, um, let things sit. You know, you, like um, like there's like this needs to be done for five o'clock and it's half four and it's like okay, gotta get this done. You know, yeah. Sometimes you, you do illustrations. You don't like you even have time to sit back and look at it the entire. You know. And then you got to send it off to the to the client. So deadlines are a Deadline. great leveler. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. I'd like to talk to you a bit about because uh, most people who would know your work, it's a very mm-hmm. recognizable, it's an extremely recognizable yeah. style. Those kind of face-on portraits, yeah. vector graphic style, yeah, yeah. Uh, digital illustrations yeah, yeah. of of individuals. I just want to talk talk a bit about how you got from where you first started drawing. Yeah. I know it's a long story, yeah, yeah, yeah. but how you got from starting out to ending up with that very unique and identifiable style. So just tell me a bit about when you first started drawing, when you first started to think, I want to be an illustrator. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, um, I, I knew like, f- from the age of four or five, you know, that's all I ever did, you see. I mean, like this, this is a story that I've, I've told loads of times, but like but when I was a kid, uh, my parents owned a chip shop. They worked at the front or in the kitchen I just sat on on the table, you know, and and we didn't have much money, so I'll get the chip paper. Here's the chip paper. Here's a pen to entertain yourself whilst we're working. You know, because I never had a babysitter or anything. You know, they just like kept me there in the back, and um, and that was the only. And that's all I did. You know, for for as long as I can remember, basically. You know. And um, yeah, and I just carried it on, you know, like with a lot of kids, they just kind of, everyone's always encouraged to draw at, at such a young age. But then for some, whatever reason, you know, children just find other, other, other things to do. <clears throat> but for me, I just ca- carried on drawing really. Just tell me a bit about your mum and dad then. They came over from Hong Kong. Yeah, they came over from Hong Kong. My dad came over in, in like 58, 59. And... Um, and to he, Manchester. To Manchester. What, yeah, what he's, you know, he, he started it, started in, well, he came, he came to London, he got bussed up to North, and um, he got off the bus in Huddersfield, or Halifax it was actually, Halifax, worked in Halifax for a few years, then he moved to Wimslow, worked in a restaurant in Wimslow for, for a few years, and then bought a chippy in the 70s. And with my mum, my dad met my mum in Hong Kong because back in the day, uh, there weren't really many like Chinese women over. Over so, all the Chinese men, because because I, I, in those days it was just frowned upon to kind of like mix really. You know, you know. 
or the on both sides, not just Chinese and you know, and the English. But mm. my dad would just go back to Hong Kong every few years, find a wife, and bring them back. And um, so, my dad met my mum in Hong Kong, brought her back. They worked in that restaurant in Wimslow, and then they opened the chip shop together in '72, something like that. And did they encourage you when they saw you drawing? Was it obvious that you, you know, would had talent for had a talent? Well, I think they they just encouraged me to draw. I think in those days they just encouraged me just to be busy. I'm not interfere with their work, really. <laughs> you know, and and because drawing kept me quiet, then you know that that's how they encouraged me to do. It, really, you know. But then as I got older, that yeah, that's when I got into my like 11, 12 years old. Then they started encouraging, really. You know, I mean, I like back in the 80s, I guess. You know, and I, I think we're, we're most kind of traditional Chinese, even. At, Indian families that all you know most families are pushing you to become solicitors or doctors or mm. that kind of thing but then but yeah the, my parents were fully aware that that wasn't going to be the route I was going to go down so yeah so so they'd be buying me paintbrushes and and paints and everything that will help me kind of fulfill my potential so what were you drawing in those early days oh uh I was drawing cats and <laughs> fish, <laughs> you know. And then I, I do remember when I was about, about maybe nine or ten, I started drawing. I was actually drawing footballers then, kind of little co- kind of comic strips of you know, Warder Rovers type thing, you know. And was that uh, particular players? Um, no, that I just invent my general. own. I just invent my own little players. You know, I had my own like I invented my own football team and and designed their strips like you know. What was the team called? They were, for some reason, they were called Tring. Right. You know, you know, because I d- I designed this little logo that looked like a triangle, and I just wanted a word that kind of fitted the the logo basically. You so know. you created a whole world, the team, the yeah. strip, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just, you just reminded me of that all the <laughs> things that yeah, but yeah. So how did that then evolve over like being at secondary school and stuff? When what did you start drawing then? Well, at secondary school, I started just drawing like the teachers. Uh, that was the thing I did most. You know, you know, drawing teachers, making fun of them. Did you ever show them? Yeah, yeah, they they, they loved it. You know, you know, and they and they kind of um, that got that got me on side with most of the teachers. You know, you know, uh, you know the, the more jovial ones. You know, we, we had a bunch of yeah Nazi teachers in our school, but but yeah yeah, and they and they encouraged you know encouraged me to kind of pursue this. You know. And um, but uh, but as well as drawing teachers, I'd be drawing pop stars and stuff like that. I mean, I, I was selling them at lunchtime, you know. And um, right. I'd, yeah, I'd be doing Michael Jackson or Prince or whatever. And then and then yeah, weirdly enough, he, he had schoolmates buying pictures of me. Then you know what I mean. So so yeah, it's, you, and that kind of you know that never stopped really. You know. I mean? So did that give you an early indication that you actually could? Yeah, yeah. Do this professionally? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, like. I mean, like when I got before I got to sixth form, um, I didn't even want to go into sixth form. But my art teacher said, "Just you know, you, you, you're probably actually good enough to actually find professional work now." But stay in school, just kind of learn to be more intellectual, you know, just grow up basically, and then go into the business. You mean because because when you're growing raw, you just you're just going to be flung around basically you know people just exploit you basically you know <clears throat> when you go in so young so so just gain experience of life life experience before actually trying to 
kind of fine work in the real world. And looking back, do you feel like that was good advice? Uh, yes and no, you know, because I've I felt I was like during my kind of like um, college art school years, I was I was pretty depressed really, you know, and um, and and yeah, maybe homesick as well, you know, and um, why was that? I, I don't know. I just kind of um, I. I Maybe I think because I, because I didn't want to go into education. That 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 that, that was what it was. Really, I didn't want to do further education. So you know what I mean? I just wanted to draw. You know what I mean? I'm being stuck in that, in 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 the system. Probably just kind of you know that's probably what triggered it. Really, you know. I mean? uh, yeah. I mean like I I mean like I was having a lot of fun as well. Don't get me wrong, but but yeah, I think it was probably the eagerness to kind of live real life. How did you do at sixth form? At sixth form, uh, well, A levels, um, I, I did great. I did well. I got RA, but but then barely passed my business studies and and failed everything else. <laughs> you know, and then when I got to the foundation, I kind of just passed. I mean, the, the teachers during my art foundation didn't really like me. In, in fact, actually, one of the teachers said to me, "Basically, Stan, you're shit. You might as well <laughs> give up now." And like. You know, that kind of, you know, it gave me a kick up the ass because I knew I wasn't shit. But then at the same time, it just depressed me that that didn't, that all of a sudden it was like I was getting, being encouraged. Sorry. It's okay, we'll take a phone break. Right, we're back after the quick phone yeah. break. Uh, so you were saying that the one of the tutors basically said that you oh, were yeah. shit. And so did that make you doubt yourself at that point or did you... Well, how did you react? Well, no, I think that that's, yeah, that spurred me on for a bit. But also, um, it, it, it put, no, don't get me wrong, I, don't, I never had any self-doubt, really, you know, but it just annoyed me, really, you mm. know, more than anything else. And it's like, you know, I couldn't really get to grips around that comment. But but also, the problem was it also affected um, going into, into the universes I wanted to go to, basically. You know, the place that I applied to is like, He'd already sent a report to them saying, like, like you know, he's sending, he wasn't going to write me a good report. And so basically before I'd even actually had my interview, for, like, for the universities I wanted to go to, I'd already, I'd already kind of, you know, been, been struck off, really. Looking you know? back, why do you think that tutor did that? <sighs> I don't know, because we got on. He's a United fan. We talked about football all the time, you know, but... I don't know, jealousy or something. I really don't know. It was a uh, maybe. I, I guess another issue was is like I kind of already knew my path, and um, and I was just doing the stuff I wanted to do. Where part of that foundation course, they probably had a certain criteria that needs to be fulfilled, and I never really fulfilled that criteria. Really. So you weren't necessarily doing what they wanted you to do. You were more yeah. doing what you wanted to do. Yeah, but I, yeah, I guess so. That's that, that's probably the main issue, really. But but I was already very clear in my mind that I, the, what I wanted to do from a very young age. You what see, was that at that point? Know. What was it that you had in your mind that you you knew you wanted to do? Well, yeah, I just, just draw pictures, like you know, uh, and like you know, you you buy a magazine. There's pictures that are, that people have illustrated. You mean, know, and that's what I want to do. There's film posters. I want to do that. There's gig posters. I just wanted. That's what I wanted to do. That was, that was. There was no kind of other alternative really you know and I was going to find I mean like when you're 14, 15 you don't know how to get there 
but all I knew was, was like if I kept doing it and I, and I knocked on the right doors and met the right people then I'll be I'll eventually be able to do that and after the foundation you went to Swindon I was Swindon, Swindon, yeah. yeah so how was that yeah that's that's where I got really depressed I think um, it was pretty well the thing about Swindon was it, it was the first time I um I encountered racism you know it, it was it was very you know I I remember the, the first week I I was in Swindon like somebody did a high Hitler you know I, mean? I was like what you know wow and and then it's just kind of just in the street in the street yeah you know and then yeah it was very kind of and from then on I felt uneasy being there I mean I, admittedly I should have left but but I just had it was probably more of a pain in the arse to leave than, than, than it was to stay. So I just stayed and carried on. Thankfully, it was just two years and not three years, you know. But, you know, I just, yeah, I just, I just, I tried to get through the course. It was just trying to get through the two years, really. You so know, that would have been the sort of early 90s, would it? Yeah, 90, 91, 92, mm. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so was that a regular thing or was that just, was it something that you felt rather than yeah, saw a lot no, of? Well, initially, when, when that happened, I just, I felt it, but also that, that that probably mixed in with paranoia as well, you know. You know, but yeah, it was um, yeah, it, 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 you know what what it made me. It kind of it, it made me look at myself and like not not comfortable being Chinese, really. You know, and and um, yeah, that was pretty. That, yeah, they were pretty shitty times, really. Had you not experienced that in Manchester? I I did at secondary school for a bit, but I, I overcame it. You know, what I mean, I, like it, like going into going, doing foundation in Manchester, and just meeting a whole new bunch of people, and and just really enjoying my life. Like I kind of forgot about it, really. You know, but then going to Swindon, it kind of just came back in a, a little bit. You know, so you were you glad to come back to Manchester after Swindon? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, couldn't. Couldn't happen soon enough, admittedly, if I remember right. But that's my own fault. Then I, I could have easily gone to Stockport College, you know, which is just like round the corner. Mm. But I, also at that time, I just wanted to move out. You know, this this is it. Try, trying to live life. Uh, it was my eagerness to to want to, to to live life away from my parents. You know, you know, and and just learn how to survive really. And was part of going to Swindon that it might be closer to London? Yeah, or? definitely, yeah, yeah. Was well, there a feeling at that time that you had to go to London? Like yeah. With a lot of industries, oh, yeah, creative yeah. industries, you had to go to yeah, London to make yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. That was one of the main reasons why I did go to Swindon, actually, because, like, geographically, it was close to London, but back, back in the 90s, it still cost 40 quid <laughs> from Swindon to London, you know what I mean? I was like, so it didn't even... I probably went to London once, you know what I mean, <laughs> to, to, to see an art gallery in the, in the two years that I was in, in Swindon, you know. Did you feel like you sh- had to move to London after Swindon then, or were you totally happy about moving back to Manchester at that point? Well, yeah, I was, I was, I was, after leaving Swindon, I felt so on my arse and on my own. Yeah, it, it, it was probably the right time to go back home mm. and, and just kind of, and just be with my folks again, you know. And then I just, and they also needed help in the chip shop and, so I helped them out in the chip shop and just kind of got by trying to build up my portfolio and also work in a chip shop and as well as like um, DJing as well. So that was something I kind of fell into like. Yeah, tell me a bit about the DJing. So what, what, how did you fall into that and what sort of music were you uh, DJing? I fell into it because, I mean, I was hanging, a lot, 
hanging around the Northern Quarter. Well, just not not just Northern Quarter actually. It was just around all the kind of like little dives around, like around Manchester. And um, and one of my mates, Jane, she she was a regular DJ. Uh, she basically asked me, "Look, can you cover cover for me one night?" And I said, "Yeah, but I don't know how to DJ." <laughs> But, you know, so she showed me, like, I went round to her house one night. She showed me how to use the decks and and um, had a practice, played a gig at, uh, at what was, um, well, it's Martin, it's Martin Fred's now, uh, the, the club is. I can't remember what it's called back then. Republic, it was called Republica mm. back then. And um, I did one gig there. And there's a guy that was there. He says, "Look, I'm booking, I'm booking DJs for different bars around Manchester. Do you, I've, I've got a gig for you at, at Dry Bar if you want." <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just literally kind of happened from there. You know, I, I never kind of went out. I want DJ work. It was literally like I'd be playing a few records, and there'd be some guy saying, "We need a DJ. Do you want a DJ?" And then it just kind of, I ended up doing like four nights a week basically around town. You know, so it was um. It's quite lucrative. Presumably, you had your own collection of records, though, yeah, to yeah, do it yeah. with. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, were, yeah. you weren't coming at it completely with. No, no, no. no so, yeah. what sort of music was it? Oh, yeah, it was, it was kind of like seventies funk, oh, uh, right. bit of jazz. Yeah, you know, and um, uh, primarily that that kind of vibe, seventies rock kind of thing. You know, just mixed in, and a few pop songs here and there. You know. So, was there ever a point where you thought that you might? sort of your professional career might move that way or was it always something on the side yeah, as you built the illustration? Yeah, it, it was definitely something like I, I'm, I'm making money here and I'm making money so it stops me from having to find a proper job so I can actually draw pictures in the daytime basically, you know. It, yeah, because it was an evening evening job. You, you're DJ, you get up in the day, draw a few pictures and then go out and enjoy yourself a bit more, you know what I mean? Uh, so what were you drawing at that stage as you were trying to build up the, your portfolio? In those oh in those stages yeah, um, I, I like um, I got into like um, fashion illustration. I got into just drawing like um, uh, just tall girls in dresses basically. You know, and because um, I thought that was a route to find work, and um, so and like uh, and I I was inspired by a few um, fashion illustrators at the time when I was at, when I was at, when I was at Swindon, so so I felt. That that is the that that is my way in into 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 the illustration world. So I was doing a lot of that, and um, so you're getting paid for these. No, 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 no. no. I was just building my portfolio, right? Like, with this, you know, and um, and then and then eventually, um, I was I was just kind of like showing my work to illustration agents, basically, and then eventually I found one. And that was based on this fashion yeah, stuff. Yeah, so then you started style, yeah. doing some, you were commissioned to do some work at that point in terms yeah. of the fashion stuff. Yeah, in those days, yeah, in the early days, I was I started doing work for like like Just 17 magazine and Sugar magazine, all, all, all these teeny girl magazines basically, which was um, which was great at the start, like um, being asked to work and then, but then you realise, actually this is not the the direction of, I really wanted to, to so do. So you had the yeah. excitement of getting yeah. like the first commission, but yeah. then it, you quickly realised yeah. it wasn't quite for you. Well, yeah, I was ended up doing like bridal mags as well, and I was like, gosh, this is, this is not, I don't get in, and like, and yoga, yoga positions, you know what I mean? It's like, no, this is not what I wanted to do. So how did you sort of extricate yourself from that? Uh, I, I, I literally just 
well, basically, I was doing this for like ten years, basically, kind of in this kind of like fashiony, like lifestyle illustration style. Is a point where, um, it was like, because I was DJing, I was, I was doing a lot of DJing. I was also managing a band as well at the time. Oh yeah, yeah, and they got a record deal. Which band? They're called Valve. Right. Uh, but they they got a record deal and um, then things just went pear shaped. Uh, yeah. as they often do with yeah, bands it's another long story I could, we could sit here for another hour telling the hell how did you get into that though managing the band because when I moved out of, moved out of my house I just a bunch of lads just I moved I moved into a shared house with a bunch of lads who just finished finished university and um, and they and they and they formed the band and um, and there's one night they were rehearsing in the, in the living room I thought, bloody hell, that's good. And because I was DJing, I knew all the venues, you see. Mm. So I thought, right, I'll try and get your gigs. And then from getting a few gigs, they got, I was getting more interest was happening. So I thought, right, okay, let's, let's try and get a record deal. In fact, if anything, I'm going to get you a record deal. You mm. know, because I was so excited about him. And, um, but yeah, I got the record deal. Who was the deal with? It was uh, Rob's records. It was Rob Gretton's, um, oh, the late yeah. Rob Gretton's record label. Yeah. But the thing is that we signed like literally like two weeks after he died, which right. was kind of, um, you know, a bit weird. But but that that contract was on the table, so we took it, you know. Okay, so you were doing that for 10 years. Yeah. The fashion stuff. But then, yeah, so how did you start moving into doing more stuff that you wanted to do? Uh, it, was, it was literally like, I either give up illustration or just do something new, you mm. know. And um, yeah, I was so I was so kind of bored of what what I was doing, and and, I, and then I thought, right, what did I love about illustration? And then I remember, remembered it was it was just drawing faces, drawing portraits. I mean, it's what got me the the most kind of um, kind of like buzz from people buying my work when I was at school. Mm. And I think, well, you know, that is the avenue I have to go down because because I enjoyed doing picture of celebrities I enjoyed people laughing at him <laughs> and um and I felt that was the um that had to be the, the the route to go down and what stage was it that you moved from sort of you know paint to digital that was just kind of maybe 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 around about the same time like um w w when I needed to make that change really you know so was it still paint with the fashion stuff? Yeah, I was still, still painting, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've got a picture here somewhere I can show mm. you somewhere. <laughs> I mean, which I, I kind of keep for like um, old time's sake, really. To remind you? Yeah. As it was like a kind of motivator um, or more just as a nostalgia? Nostalgia, really, I mean, uh, but also to, also to tell people, like, I used to paint, you know, <laughs> and here, this is my painting that I did, you know, <laughs> you know just to prove, prove that I did paint. <clears throat> but... Um, but where were we? Sorry, the move to yeah. computers. Well, well, like, like this is. My dad says to me, "Look, you're still painting. Get with the times, <laughs> you know." Your dad. Yeah, <laughs> and this is where I'm saying, like, my, my parents did encourage me. You know, he said, "Look, everyone's using computers now. You're still painting. I'm buying you a computer," and that's kind of where things changed. Mm. Yeah. And so did you instantly sort of connect with it and see the possibilities or did it take a long time? No, to... it, took a, it took a while, maybe it took about 18 months, you know what I mean? It, the, 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 basically, like, like the first thing I bought from a computer was Football Manager. 
You mean um, <laughs> I've been Champ- down that road. Yeah. Championship, Championship manager, manager too. Yeah, yeah. I've spent I've stayed up all night a couple yeah. of times playing that game. So yeah. did you do the same? I did the same, yeah. Yeah. The championship it's manager. It's not good for you, no. is it? No. <laughs> yeah, chance, cha- cha- championship manager and downloading films like like w- w- with like you know you, oh, you the dial-up modem, like, dial-up modem. Yeah. So, so yeah it's like brilliant I got Lord of the Rings it's taking me two days to download <laughs> but I got it for free yeah you know but that was it yeah but um, but yeah so how, yeah, yeah. how long did it take you to get to the point where you thought actually I can do something with this it, 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 yeah it took a while I'm, I mean like yeah, it, it, was, it was. I started mixing. I started scanning in my paintings in, and then and then putting them into Photoshop, and then messing around mm. digitally with the paintings I've already done. So that's how that's how the the, the how I bridged the bridge really. You I mean from from my original paintings and then manipulating them on the computer, from then totally kind of eradicating paint and pencil and literally just drawing straight onto the computer. So when know. did you start doing... Is at this point the round and you started doing the sort of headshot portraits yeah. again? Yeah. So who did you start doing at that point? Uh, it, was, it was Wayne Rooney. Cause, was it? Yeah, he... It was... It was a, yeah, he just joined United and thought, right, I'm going to... Just tell me a bit about you, you and United. You know, where does it... Yeah. All that... You know, obviously United is a big part of yeah. your yeah. career, isn't it? And yeah. you're really identifying. I mean, yeah. you've, you've... Your work's been used by the club yeah. now, hasn't it? And you've... Yeah. Did work for Fergie for that the poem yeah. about him. Yeah, you know you're very much connected to the club. Just tell uh-huh. me a bit about you know why you how you got into football particularly, but also yeah. United. Well, uh, yeah, f- 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 football's easy. You know, when my dad used to talk about football all the time, he when he worked in a restaurant in 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 Wimslow, I think so. Yeah, and um, uh, Bobby Charlton and Nobby Styles and George Best would always come to the restaurant. It was the Mandarin. It's actually all the edge actually. They'd always come in, and, and my dad would just, you know, as I was growing up, he was just telling me stories of, of them being in in the, in the restaurant, and also telling me the story that he, he reeled out all the time was, <laughs> was like he, he had a signed T-shirt, a signed shirt, like with with, with all the names on, and then as they moved house, my mum, chucked the shirt away, and he said, imagine how much this shirt would cost now, you mean? <laughs> Do you was think it. the shirt ever existed? <laughs> who knows <laughs> no it did exist cause it, it did like, exist because my mum did, did say like yeah it, it was just like you weren't going to wear it that was it. <laughs> it probably would be yeah. worth a lot of money now wouldn't it but um, so so yeah so he would always talk about like um, well, the, the place from the 60s but then when we got a chippy it was in Altrincham the chippy was mm. we had um, we had players like Lou McCarry coming in and, and Stuart Pearson and Gordon McQueen so I kind of um it was, it was the it was the link from watching them on telly, and then seeing them in real life in the chip shop. That kind of that connection was like this is my United on my team really. You mean? And then as we moved after we left Auchin, we we moved to Marple, and my sister became best mates with Tommy Doherty's daughter. So um, so yeah, so so the United connection still carried on as well as my dad buying meat from Lou Edwards. Who, who used to wear my United, but it was yeah. a butcher's, you know. So yeah, so so, so these were the connections that were that were always there, and um, and um, yeah, they they kind of get, never left. Did you go to games with your dad, or was it more watching it on telly? It was or? watching it on telly, but I did go to. I mean, my dad had a mate who goes went to United games all the time, so I, every now and again I'll I'll go go with him basically to to watch the um, watch the football. But as I grew up, my dad bought a restaurant in in Chinatown. Uh, when he left the, um, you know, as as his business grew 
he he decided to sell the chip shops and buy a restaurant and um and yeah like like the, the guys that owned sharp who sponsored united back in mm. the 80s and 90s they would always come in into the restaurant and just give me dad free tickets so i was like in during those years i was going to united games quite quite a bit because of the sharp sponsors basically which was quite quite handy nice yeah okay so you did the picture of rooney yeah and then in those what, where did you put it or where did you you know what did you well, do with it we had MySpace yeah. the, the, this was it I think like um, it so this was, is like 2004 is it something like that something like that maybe, yeah. 2000, yeah yeah I think yeah and um, yeah could, yeah, yeah 2004 2005 mm. and um, yeah we had yeah we had MySpace so MySpace was like a very useful tool you know like loads of loads of bands used at the time and um, and then I and I think it was designed like for bands to use initially, and then, then your average, your average guy decided to create their own MySpace pages, and, and this was like a, this was like a new world really. You can definitely see the potential. If bands could be, be, you know, get well known from using MySpace, then your average bloke on the street should be able to, you know, if if used right. So, so I just started banging loads of work on MySpace. So what else did you do? Did Rooney? I did Rooney. I did like I did Twiggy. For some reason, I did like I did George Clooney. I just did people who just seem kind of, you know, you know, uh, who were quite iconic at the time, you know, or who were iconic to me, and um, and yeah, just stuck them on, did them, and just stuck them on MySpace. I read <laughs> somewhere that, um, and this is something that I picked up on, yeah. is about the Mexico '86. Oh yeah, sticker book. Yeah, because I had that. Oh yeah, as well. And I, I read that that was a big sort of inspiration in a way in terms of when you started thinking oh, about these portraits. Yeah. Because, the, you know, the Panini, just yeah. for anyone who doesn't know, Panini yeah. stickers, they're the stickers of the footballers for yeah. each, every season they do it for the Premier League and they do it for the yeah. World Cups, European, and it's just the headshots, isn't yeah. it? Which are very yeah. similar to, yeah. to what you do. So was that, is that some, was that something sort of subconscious that you started uh, yeah, doing? Yeah, I think or? it was pretty subconscious, you know. I mean, like, like, like when you, also when you go, go on to like um, creating um Little, little avatars for your like profile pics on on MySpace and Twitter, for example. It's just the same format, you know what I mean? So, and all you want to see, you know, instead of a photograph, I mean, like I'd always have a little little drawing on me, and it's and it's and it's just a straight on drawing like your passport photograph. Mm. It just seemed kind of a simple way of of portraying someone. You mean you don't? There's there's no frills. If as long as you get the likeness right, then as far as I'm concerned, then then you then the pictures nailed it's done you know, you know that's that was always my objective was was to get the likeness basically and um but yeah but the way but yeah i'm, I'm pretty sure yeah panini stickers was when i started doing more footballers panini stickers was, was definitely right okay i guess that is one of my main, main influences you know mm. yeah, i mean I, I didn't just say look i'm gonna copy this style but it was literally kind of you, you saw the success of panini stickers then you might as well kind of take a little bit of what they've done and carry on with and you into your own work so you were sticking the pieces of work up on MySpace yeah. were you getting how were you getting feedback from people at that point or were you not really um, no because yeah because the thing with MySpace people would leave like messages you know but but this is when um, this is when it all kind of went it went big for me was mm. was um, I mean I, I also wanted to do like um, gig posters as well you see that was, that was another big thing of what I wanted to do and um, I, I did a I did a gig poster for um, for I Am Clue and because they were playing in my local bar, 
and I got to know him quite well. So, mm. and then, and I wanted to do more of that. And then I, then I noticed like the White Stripes were playing at the Apollo. Um, um, I thought, right, okay, I'm not going to be able to get in touch with these guys, but I'll just do a poster for the sake of it. You know, just to kind of for my own for my own self satisfaction, did a White Stripes poster and um, put it on MySpace, and that's when it all kind of. Then somebody suggested you should put this post on gigposters.com, which is like a like a it's it's, de- it's defunct now, but like um, but it was like a, a place where like famous gig poster artists um, would just put all their stuff on. So I just put my white straps one, my I include on, on on the gigposters.com, and then I think it was about a year later, um, somebody from the white stripes rang me up and said, look. Can you um, take that poster down because it's not official? <laughs> but having said that, Jack and Meg have seen seen it, and they want to work with you. That was a year later. Yeah, yeah, a year later. Yeah, and um, I was going to ask you about that. That it's an interesting yeah. sort of side issue to this. Did you ever did you ever think about the sort of you know image rights, copyright side of things, and worry that you might oh. fall foul of it, or did you think I'll just put it up there, and if yeah. someone wants to take it down, yeah, I'll deal with yeah, that. Well, then. that's pretty much exactly what was it. I, I, I guess it was. No, I think in in the early two thousands, I was pretty ignorant about it. I just, you know, you draw a picture for goodness' sake. It's just mm. like, you know, stick it up there. You know, you know? and um, so no, it was later on then when when I got a few little nasty letters from big corporations that that then I realised I'm probably kind of, you know, doing something maybe illegal, but. But it's all, it's all, there's lots of grey areas, is, mm. is what I've learned anyway. You know I mean? Is that because they saw you, they thought you were profiting from yeah, I guess someone so, yeah. else's image? Yeah. You know, and they yeah. should be sharing in those profits effectively. Yeah. yeah. So just then, in terms of the white, so what happened then with the white stripes? When they contacted you, what did you then end up doing for them? I ended up designing this, um, this USB stick, this USB stick, which is shaped like Jack and Meg. And, um, and yeah, and and had the album on the on the USB stick, and um, it was like a limited edition, and um, and that got uh, got nominated for a Grammy Award, like you know, it's just one of them. It just happened, like yeah, you know. And is it was it like a big bang sort of moment oh, yeah. for you then? Well, no, yeah, that, that was like a big bang. It was it was well, no, lots of things happened that that kind of that period of my life when my dad died. And then the week after, the, the nominations came out, right. and I was like, "Whoa, this is too much, man!" You know. Yeah. And um, but yeah, it was it was a big bang in in, t- in terms of that period of my life, you know. But also, but also, it felt like a a, a reawakening of me, you know. You know, because even though I was, you know, like like being disappointed. Well, disappointed is the wrong word, really. But you know, mm. devastated by the fact that my dad died, and then. Um, but also, you know, you got, you you have to find ways of picking yourself up again, you know. And then this happened; it was kind of like, it was it was it was you know, it's a bittersweet moment for me. Was that quite time. difficult to deal with? Sort of, you know, on the one hand, you've got this great triumph with what you've always wanted to do, but then on the other hand, yeah, pretty much so. Died. Because because I think that I think one of the main issues is like, you know, my dad did push me, but he never. I think that was easily my greatest success, like 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 professionally, and he never got to see that. You see, you know. Mm. And um, and for someone who you know he he encouraged me so much and never saw the rewards is kind of yeah well is is quite 
something that still gets me really you mean but yeah I'd like to ask you a bit about the the sort of process of the the portraits yeah because there's such great likenesses yeah. you know you instantly know who they are yeah. and I, I think you know I'm not alone in saying that yeah. and that's clearly why it's been part of the success is that yeah. they're they're such great likenesses so I just wanted to ask you I mean obviously I'm, I'm guessing the way you do it has evolved a bit over time but it I don't know though, but yeah. is there is there, a, is there a way that you kind of sit down and say, right, okay, this is the person's face, yeah. and what what is it that you're looking for in the face to make the likeness so accurate? Yeah, this is this is it's, it's like it's like a million dollar question. This is because <laughs> if I knew, I'd be able to tell everyone mm. and bottle it. Well, maybe you don't want to tell everyone. No, but I don't actually. <laughs> but I think it's instinctive, though. You see, it's something I was always good at. Like mm. even when I was telling them before, like even at school, I just I can look at someone's face. Get I, I guess you have to learn the face. It's not like it's not something that I, that I actually um, I don't look for anything. I I will actually I will study your face. You know, and from that studying of your face, I'll be able to turn your face onto the onto the paper, so to speak, you know what I mean? Uh, in, and I try to do it in, in a simplistic form as possible, with as little lines as possible, basically, you know? And that's that's always been the aim, is to kind of keep it as simple as I can. But yeah, it's just a, yeah, it's it's a, something that's, that I've always known how to do. It's like, it's like learning to eat or breathe, really. It's, it's something I, I, I take for granted now, you know? So, but I can't actually, Really, there's nothing I look for. I just it's, it's it's a case of studying your face and 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 I guess there's something in my brain that that will connect the dots and make it all work. You know what I mean? But there's no, I mean it's, I mean I, I get asked all the time how do you do that, <laughs> and it's like, I can't teach you that because no. I don't I don't really know how to do it myself. It's a, it's a it's a case of just basically spending all my life drawing really. And I think once you when you do that you you know there's little things that you just pick up you just don't know how you pick up basically it's a guess of it's trial and error and just and like the more you do the better you become basically there's no kind of there's no secret formula I, I don't think there probably is but um, but I, I don't know that formula it's just it's just it's it's inbuilt in my DNA so um, sorry I can't tell you how to do it <laughs> are there any that have been taking you way longer than oh, others yeah there's, there's, yeah there, there have been a few yeah like um the the people that are difficult to do are people who 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 have overexpressive faces. I mean, like 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 Chris Rock is a good example. I mean, I mean he's he's got like a jelly face. He's got like a rubber face. You know what I mean? Mm. And and the problem with his face is like you look at every picture of him. You, you try to study him, but he's got a different expression all the time. You see? You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's very so, yeah. What's his sort yeah. of definable yeah expression or uh, recognizable yeah. expression? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And um. It's that big grin, I guess. You know, <clears throat> but but the, the thing is that I, I tend to draw people without grins, so <laughs> finding them a picture without them grinning was really hard, you know. But the thing was, is like, yeah, I was working for the New Yorker at the time, and they asked me to do Chris Rock. And normally, I'll I'll, I'll nail a job for the New Yorker in a day. I was working on Chris Chris Rock for about three four days, <laughs> and I and I finally got it. It got approved, but then literally like half an hour before. Uh, before press, before he went to uh, to press, um, uh, they changed their minds and used a photograph instead. Which is like God. I, I, so I, it never, it was never printed. I, yeah, no, I slaved over it. Yeah, but um, but yeah, every now and again, you just, you just get people who you just can't draw. And a lot of it's you know, 
a lot of it's, also a lot of it's down to the fact that there's not enough pictures of him for, for me to to learn their face, you know. Because when I when I do draw a face, I mean, like obviously with celebrities, I don't, I've never met them, but I spend a bit of time watching them on YouTube, and then like I go on Google Images and, and look at every single picture they have they have of them, and then just make a a judgment on how it should look on 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 the on the page on the paper. Are there any that have just been you've done it in like ten minutes? You know, that have just been really, not 10 minutes, but yeah. really quick. And you're just like, I've got it straight away. Uh, yeah, loads. <laughs> loads of them now, yeah. And, um, can you give any examples? I mean, like the, the Prince one there that you can see on the wall. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was, I mean, choosing the colours for that probably took longer than actually doing it itself, you know what I mean? Is that partly because you think, you know, you, you knew his face so yeah, well yeah, anyway, you didn't yeah, have to think yeah. about it? That's pretty, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, you know. So once you yeah, once you do know that face, it becomes it's, the more yeah the more familiar you are with the person, the more it's about confidence as well because it's like like when you don't know the face that well, it's like does that person look like that? You know what I mean? And um, but but when you are confident with someone's face, you can just literally just put like the shapes down and literally it's there because you know. And so sometimes it's like you can see the image of of the drawing in your head before you even begin. They have a certain face. Some people have that certain face where it's already in in your head. And um, is that the person, or is it more the, the amount of times you've seen them over your whole life? A bit of both. You mean, know, yeah, definitely a bit of both. You know, and um, but well, like you know, even in, in normal life, there are people. There are some people who are more distinct looking than others. You mean, know, and obviously, if they've got a big nose. You, you um you focus on the big nose, you know, and that's big ears. What you focus on these little things, you know. If they've got particularly round eyes, you make sure they they actually circles, you know. What I mean, little things like that, you know. People who 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 people who who kind of like squint a lot, then you just kind of do, uh, you know, uh, a line for their eye, you know. It's just kind of over time, you you know, you you, you work out how to um portray. Certain certain features with simple lines, basically. Which are your favourites when you look back? Which are the ones that you really most enjoyed doing? Oh god, it changes all the time, really. Um, I don't know. <laughs> no, the, the ones I like the looking ones, around. Yeah, for no, inspiration. yeah. The, the ones I like best are the ones I, I've that are that are really simple. You know what I mean mm. the ones I've literally kind of like? There's just two dots, a triangle, and a. And a square, you mean, know, or or a semicircle for a mouth, and like they're my favourite ones, you know. What I mean, if I can nail something that's so, you know, with just very simple geometric shapes and without too much messing around, they're the ones that I like best, you mean. Know? If you can actually tell someone from just you know two dots and the triangle, yeah. So like the yeah. the, le- the most efficient way yeah, of, yeah. of conveying the image of someone's face, yeah. yeah. Yeah, are there any that you can think of? Um, uh, there's a Bruce Lee that's really simple. You know, a Woody Allen one that was quite is um, that I did was um, you know it was, it was literally like two circles for glasses and a and a kind of a weird oval shape for mm. a nose and that was you got it there. You know, and um, but also like I'm, yeah, I'm trying to you know I'm trying to kind of I mean like because it because doing that actually sometimes takes sometimes the simpler the image the longer it takes because because you are trying to convey someone's likeness like 
that's so simple. You got there's a lot of like manipulating you have to do with the and moving around with the shapes just to I mean like to actually get the lightness right. Because sometimes if you move if you move something like by millimeters like up or down, you, you you lose the lightness completely. So the lightness can depend on on millimeters basically. Um, I just want to ask you a bit about uh, the New York Times okay. and uh, New Yorker. Yeah. You know, you've done work for both of those yeah. now. And what was that like getting the call from them? You know, you obviously had the yeah. bit with the white stripes. Yeah. You've done that, and that was a huge moment for you. But then. Yeah. Getting calls from people like New York Times, yeah. New Yorker. What was that? What was that like? Well, the New Yorker was um, like, 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 like from from the age of sixteen or so. You'd always you you always knew that that being in the New New York is the holy grail for illustrators, you know, because all they have is just illustration. There's no photographs in it. It's just illustration, and all the best illustrators, you know, are always work for the New Yorker. So so, it's, so 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 just being in there is like a badge of honor, really. You know what I mean? And um, and and whilst you're growing up, like you're looking at illustration annuals, it's and like like these are great illustrations, and it's like oh yeah, publishing in New York, publishing in New York, and it's like right, that is that is the you know the, uh, the place to be seen, really. You know, and um, yeah, I was I was buzzing when when I got the first call. It was like yeah. Yes, I will work for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there was a, there's no there's no two ways about it. And um, so yeah, uh, and and then to be asked again and again and then to and now I I actually illustrate all their staff writers now. So I'm mm. you know whilst they employ anyone new, I'm always illustrating them. It's just yeah, I, that's one of my kind of, that's one of my kind of proud um, professional career moments really. You know. Just to be still working for him, like it's been seven years now that that's, that I've been working for him now. And um, are there any other publications you'd love to be featured in? Uh, not anymore. Not more so now because of the of the way uh, uh, the internet's just taken over. Really, I mean, no, there's not there's there isn't the same kind of kudos in being in magazines now. I mean. I mean, yeah. As well, I've been in New York Times, I've been in Time Magazine as well, and that, and Time Magazine was probably the, 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 the other magazine to to actually be featured in. I mean, like, I guess the, I guess the the bucket list of jobs that I've not been asked to do yet are is to actually do a cover for the New Yorker or, the, or Time Magazine. They're the ones. That's what you're. That's what you're really kind of aiming for, really. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah, good to be in the New York Times cover, but you know, the New Yorker and the Time Magazine covers are probably the the more prestigious in terms of um, trying to get, you know, ha- having your artwork seen. A bit closer to home. I mean, it's, I travel around Manchester all the yeah. time and, uh, you know, you see your work everywhere. Yeah. It's on the tram. Yeah. I saw it in the Great Northern Warehouse the other day. Loads yeah. of cafes and bars have your work. Yeah. What's it, and obviously United, what, what's yeah. it like, you know, seeing your stuff everywhere? Yeah. How does that feel? It's it's kind of quite, it's kind of embarrassing now. I mean, you know, <laughs> really? yeah. It's you know it's you know imagine like like if you're in a band and you walk into a bar, and then the bar manager decides to put your music on. It's mm. just kind of like uh, you know. I mean, the, 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 there are a number of bars um, that I just don't go in anymore because my really? arm is there. Yeah, it's just kind of like I don't you know I don't need to be reminded that I'm good. Do you feel <laughs> yeah. do you feel embarrassed about it? Yeah, no, it's not embarrassed. It's just kind of like 
it's it's not, I'm proud of it, I guess, but I'm guess I'm I guess I'm embarrassed. That I'm proud. That's that's what it is really more than anything else. But I haven't said that. I don't get I get I get an absolute buzz when when I'm in town with my kids and they see me in a picture and say, "Daddy, is that yours?" Yeah, and they <laughs> spotted that. That gives me a, a real buzz, you know. But it's um, but yeah, I kind of like um, yeah. There's a weird embarrassment when I see my work on my own. So why know? where do you think that comes? is that just that? You don't want a fuss to be made of it. Yeah, of pretty much. Or so, you yeah. don't want people to necessarily talk to you about it, or is it more you just you you, you kind of on your downtime? You don't really want to be. I don't I, know. I don't know. I think it's 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 just that you know. This is what I do, but there, yeah, and I don't <laughs> don't need to be reminded again. Um, you probably get asked this a lot, but if you were if a young illustrator or someone an aspiring illustrator uh-huh. came up to you and said you know, this is what I want to do. What would you say? What are the, the key things that you would say to them in terms of how to achieve that dream? Uh, well, well, you need to work hard, really, you know. Working hard in creating a new portfolio, working hard in making new contacts. And um, and, and and most importantly, try and kind of do things you, you actually love, love illustrating, you know. Um, I mean, like, like in back in the day when I started out, we were told to kind of um, illustrate all sorts, you know, hedge your bets kind of thing. You know, so for example, you know, if you don't like drawing cars, don't draw cars, don't put them in your portfolio. You know, if you, you know, draw things you like. I mean, like, I like I like football, so I've got a whole portfolio of of football-based artwork. You know, I like films. So, so um, I've got loads of like film-based illustrations, and it's just a case of just doing the stuff you love, you know, things that interest you really, you know, and and focus on them as opposed to kind of, say, for example, drawing animals and and putting them in your portfolio for the sake of it, because because at the end of the day, you don't want people asking you to draw animals because you've got animals in your in your portfolio, you know, and. Um, but yeah, and also the, the harder you work, you know, the luckier you become. It can be difficult to know though, can't it? I mean, how much to sort of push yourself on other people and, and how how to get that first, how to be noticed for the first time. Well, you, well yeah, it is, it is difficult, but, you know, you've just got to keep plugging away and then eventually you'll, you'll find kind of the light coming through the clouds. You know, it's, um, I mean, I mean, I think for me, I... I I was lucky because I got an agent early, and um, but also, but yeah, also I, I just, I mean, there was a, it was a lot of luck involved in 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 how I, in how I got to where I am now. But at the same time, it was the hard work that that made the luck really. Do you feel like it was lucky? Uh, that, you know, in yeah. terms of the white stripes, all that yeah. stuff. Was it? Was yeah, it th- luck? Yeah, totally. It was, you know, I mean. I can't even remember what I was going to say now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I am. Um, I am. Uh, yeah, I, I worked hard, and um, God, I always talk about working hard. Yeah, you know. But no, I think I think that's the. But that, the, the but that's the, the that's the, that's the main that's the key to it. Really, the secret is to work hard, and then, and then, yeah, everything will just kind of like fall into place. Hopefully, you know. I mean, 
I don't think I'll be as well known as I am now without the whole white stripes. But um, but yeah, it's um. I mean, it's it's a cliche, but you kind of you you kind of have to make your own look really in in this in this in this game. But but that goes with anything that's kind of creative. You know, you know, it's um it's just being at the right place at the right time to a certain degree. Do you think it's important for you know young or aspiring illustrators to try and do what you did and find your own style, or do you think it's is that just something that happened to you, and isn't necessarily an essential part of having a a good career? Um. I think you, you just got to go down your own path. You mean you shouldn't follow anyone else's anyone else's path, or even kind of. I mean, I mean, like being an artist, it's all about yourself, really. You know, and um, and you just. I mean, like to be honest with you, I winged it for for ten, fifteen years. You mean? Know? I didn't really. And all I knew was was I wanted to draw pictures. You mean? Know? It only took a while that to actually get good work was to illustrate the things I liked really, you know. But you mentioned your kids earlier. Yeah. I mean, what about them? Are they creative? Are you encouraging them to be creative? No, they don't need any encouragement to be creative. They're just kind of, they're just, they're just naturally, they're just naturally creative. They just, they just want to draw all the time, you know. I mean, I mean, I don't tell them to kind of, you have to draw pictures now, or, or, or me and my wife do. And, um, my wife's a photographer. All we do is just have give them lots of paper. It's all there's paper lying around everywhere. There's pens lying around. There's lots of like scissors and and crafty things. We just we buy them all that and like um and it's up to them to kind of do what they want with it. Really, I mean, I would I don't push them in any way or you know they're just very you know they'll wake up and. Draw, draw pictures before breakfast you know sometimes it's hard enough to get them out of the house because <laughs> it's still like daddy I just want to finish off this picture before I go you know so so yeah it's um, I don't think I'll have a problem with them being um, you know in, encouraging them anyway they don't need much help from you in that no, school not at all you know <laughs> I mean like I mean like yeah I, I want to be able to kind of give them advice but I don't need to I mean, you know they're just kind of like I mean I I think I think I I inspire them actually just because I'll show them what I what I've done, and I think I mean like they they naturally just draw lots of faces and and portraits you know which is kind of I don't tell them to do that they just do it because they, I guess they see me do it basically. There's three questions that I'm going to ask everyone who I speak to. Okay. So uh, the first one is: Do you have like a, a routine or a, a set of things that you do? before you get ready to do right. some work and be at your most productive, is there a sort of routine that you go through in the morning or whenever it is that yeah. you do most of your work? I don't really have a, a set routine per se. I just basically, you know, I get up in the morning, help my wife to get the kids ready for school. Hmm. I'll come in, I'll uh, I'll check my emails, I'll, I'll go on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, do all that built social media beforehand because that's just kind of my daily marketing thing that I do. Hmm. And then once all that's done, then I'll just kind of see what I, ha I have to do and then and and attack the day, so to speak. Attack the day. Yeah. Is that your, the motto? Well, no, it's Gary Neville's motto. It is right? Gary Neville. Yeah. <laughs> I know that from his 
that is on his Twitter, isn't it? Attack is it? Yeah, right, yeah. Okay, yeah. That's probably me subconsciously <laughs> yeah. him feeding me, you know. Using Gary Neville as your yeah. model. Yeah. <laughs> so do, is that important then to get that sort of, you know, the emails and the communication and the social media out of the way yeah. first so you can really concentrate? Yeah, totally. Because that's just, it's just, it's just the fuzzy stuff because it's not, it's non-creative. You just want to be as creative, you know, as you can, you know, it's just kind of, I don't know, yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's like, it's like clearing the decks really, you know, and then starting afresh. Is that important to you mentally to have that sort of, you know, I don't have to think about anything else now. Oh, yeah. All I have to think about is the work that I'm doing right oh, now. Oh, absolutely, because I think like, I think when I'm working, it's like it takes a while to get into the zone, you see, and you don't want to be kind of remembering. Oh God, I need to do that email like halfway from into getting into the zone. It's because um, once you're out of the zone, it's difficult to get yourself back. So is everything again, switched off at that point? You know, emails off. No, it's not, off. it's not switched off. But <laughs> you know, but I, I I'll, I'll tend to just you know. I'll, I'll tend to just ignore emails for, for for a good hour or so. I mean, then then when it gets getting towards lunchtime, I'll kind of get back on it again. You know, get a couple, get then get a few more hours of work done after lunchtime, and then whilst you kind of got what you need to be doing in that space, then kind of you know go back onto emails again. How long does it take to get in the zone? I don't know. Sometimes it takes the whole. You know, you literally start at nine or ten, basically, and then it's four o'clock, and it's still not in in the zone. But, but you know, you know, but you, you kind of you, you got you got to force it now. You know, and it's you know maybe around about half an hour or so. But I know usually like on a like it's probably around. I'll get you get into the one zone before lunchtime. If you're lucky, but then it's around about three o'clock when I normally get into my my normal afternoon in the zone moment. Is that the peak hours in the sort of yeah, three till yeah. six or something? Is it three till five? Well, yeah, well three, well, three till six. You know, you kind of like, and then once you get to six o'clock and you're still in in a good space, you just carry on working until until hunger takes over. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like you, 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 my wife would be like, "You come home for tea?" And I was like, "Well." I'm just gonna stay in a bit longer tonight, you know. You know, because so is it, is it important to you that if you do, if you're in that sort of creative, really getting stuff done, to keep going? Yeah, to keep going. Yeah, because 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 that's when your best work comes as well. You see, you know, and you might as well kind of prolong that time, as opposed to kind of stop and then start the day after. You're on a hot streak. Yeah, keep definitely. Going. Yeah, absolutely. Second question that I'm asking everyone: What's the piece of work uh, when you look back that you've done? that you're most proud of? It doesn't necessarily have to be the most, you know, financially rewarding, right. but it's the bit that you're, when you look back, you think, yeah, that was fantastic. I think, well, yeah, I'll, I'll say it's the one that when, when I was asked to do the, um, the posters for Chinese New Year, that was about four or five years ago. It was the year of the horse, that, that was the first one. This is in Manchester. For in the, Manchester, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, so, yeah, so basically like the New Year's, Chinese New Year celebrations. And like, as as I touched on previously or like before, like I was I was at odds with with my heritage. You know, I mean, I was at odds with being Chinese, you know, and it took a while for me to start embracing being Chinese again. And um, and you know, and whilst we embracing being Chinese again, like um, it was 
it was it was an, it was nice timing that that Citico, who um, who managed the city, they they asked me to to do the posters for the Chinese New Year. So it was a particularly proud moment, really. Also being like, be, also the fact that I love Manchester as well, and being born here and grew up here, it was a it was a very proud moment. You know, it's one it's it's the moment, it's the thing where where it kind of um, disappoints me most that my parents couldn't really get the chance to actually see me do this work because they'll be really they'll be really proud and chuffed of me if um, you know just for getting to this point you know I, 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 I could probably say I could earn loads of money doing doing whatever but, but I think that they'll be especially proud of me for doing this really Finally um, <coughs> what's the thing that's you know inspiring you right now whether it's you know, an app on your phone or whether it's a book or a box set or whatever it is, what is it that you're really into right now? Right now, yeah, it was, weirdly enough, um, NFL, um, American football. Um, yeah, n never really got into American football. Just, I don't know, it's American sports in general, I always found a bit weird, but like, um, but but then I was I was going through like Twitter and I, and I caught like, um, a stream of the last few minutes of this uh, semi-final game, <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever the Americans call it, I don't know. Anyway, Minnesota Vikings were playing another team. I think St. Louis, I think it was. Mm. And it was the, the last second long throw of the ball and they got a touchdown and, it, and just the excitement I felt for that was, was, was insane. I was just like, it's, it just made me. Um, I just had to watch it again and again, and, I, and it was just just felt dead exciting. I just for, from someone who never watched or hasn't watched American football for thirty years, and then seeing that moment was like it was like a a, a light bulb turning on. It's like wow, actually, why did I neglect this sport for so for so many years? You know. And then um, the Super Bowl was just three nights ago, wasn't it? Did yeah, you yeah. did you stay up to watch the Super yeah, Bowl? Yeah, watched the, watch the whole final. That was that was that was an amazing spectacle of sport. It was grip. It was so gripping. You know, I was I was totally hooked. So I've never never thought I'd ever say this about American football because I already assumed it was this long, laborious <laughs> game of people beating the crap out of each other. <laughs> but actually, you know, it's quite a nuanced game. You know, sport even. And um, yeah. Completely, um, completely changed my life. I think you mean I, I, I'm, I, I can quite honestly say now I'm, I'm a I'm an American football fan when, when quite frankly I know nothing about it. You know, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, to a point where I actually did a, I, I inspired you know inspired me to do an illustration. You know, I, I, I did a picture of, of the quarterback Nick Foles, um, and yeah, and like. And that's 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 a testament to, to how much it, it it inspired me really. The fact that you know I stayed up until four in the morning to watch the watch the game. Woke up nine o'clock in the morning, came to my studio and right, I'm gonna do a Super Bowl picture. <laughs> that's kind of um you know that's why, yeah. It's yeah that's what's inspired me most. And is it gonna yeah. push you on to do more? I don't American know football it, it, illustrations or is it just. It might, it might well do. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going to try and get into it. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, I'm just, I'm just disappointed. It's, it's over now, for, like for the season. You know I mean, I got to wait another six months until it kind of gets going again. Hmm. But yeah, I guess I'm just going to try and work out what team I'm going to support. You know, mm. 
because um, but you know but the thing was is like I, I, you know the Super Bowl final I supported neither team but got really excited for him just watching it you know, you know. Yeah, it was I've a, always been a Dolphins fan Dolph- ever since the eighties. Yeah. But the, the Dolphins yeah. have been terrible yeah. since the mid eighties. Yeah. But weirdly enough, you know, like um, now you mentioned the Dolphins, like I, I mean, like I'm, I remember like like back in the eighties when it was you know it was Chicago Bears. Yeah, they start showing it on Channel Four basically. Yeah, when Chicago Bears beat beat the Patriots. Patriots. I mean, like the Dolphins were, were the team I chose. I think it's Dan Marino. It, yeah, Dan Marino. But I think it's the, the <laughs> uh, it's it the colours that they wore. Yeah, is the teal. Yeah, you know, what the I mean? orange and yeah, yeah, turquoise. Is it teal? Know. Is that teal? Is that the turquoise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But also, we went to Miami that year, I think, as well. Right. You know what I mean, on a holiday, and I think that that was probably why. Right. Okay. That's, there's a connection there. We went to Walt Walt Disney Disneyland and stuff like that, and then that's how it kind of. That was my yeah. I I even bought a bloody. Miami Dolphins jersey. You Did it have Marino on the back? No, it didn't have no. Marino on the back. <laughs> but 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 Hamza, that that was that one year that I was remotely interested in mm. in Super Bowl. But then you know, f- football really took over. Really, then you know, you know I want to mm. say football, soccer. Mm. You know, so um, but yeah. So it's a clean slate now. You can pick your team. I can pick my team. Yeah, I'm, you know, because of my affiliations with New York. Mm. It's probably likely to be a New York team, you know. But um, but yeah, we'll see, we'll see, you know. But yeah, I'm definitely um, yeah. The thing, just, who knew? Yeah, <laughs> um, it's baffled me really. But yeah, American football. Who knows? You might be getting a call from the New York Giants or the NFL well, one day soon. Well, the fact is that I did some work with the um, with, with, with the Major League Soccer a few months ago, so I guess there's a. You know, I could push that as a bit more. You know what I mean? So, mm. but yeah, no, that would be great if if NFL stuck, you know, or any NFL team gave me a phone call. <laughs> that would be like, whoa, get a touchdown! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> great stuff, Stan Chow. Many thanks. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs>